and welcome back to the Lockdown Blues podcast, part of the Lockdown Live Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Iman. I'm Joey Palazzola, and today we are joined by NHL draft and prospect analyst for ESPN, Mr. Chris Peters. Hey guys, how's it going? It's going uh, about as well as it can be in lockdown. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's uh, <laughs> good enough at this point, right? Yeah, exactly. We're we're still here. We're we're healthy. We're you know we're 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 going along. So we'll that's, uh, can ask for. <laughs> that's as good as we can be. <laughs> Waiting for that April Fool's announcement. Like, hey guys, it's all Joe. Hockey <laughs> back. Yeah, great. Midnight tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the deadline. Um, all right, so. All right, guys, before we jump into today's episode, I've uh, got to give a quick shout-out to our good friends over at Monocle's Pizza. They're still sticking with us through this time. Uh, in case you didn't know already, they've got their famous crispy thin crust pizza. They've got the pan pizza. They've got the point pizza, which is a one-of-a-kind triangle pizza. All pizzas can come with a mozzarella or provol blend of cheese. They've got delicious pepperonis, which are fresh-baked rolls filled with pepperoni, puree, and four cheeses. They've got the St. Louis staple toasted ravs, of course. They've got the family pleaser, which is a combo of pizza salad and soft drinks perfect to feed your family at a time like this you know support your local businesses get some takeout uh like i said you can uh, usually you can dine in but not right now or you can carry out or get it delivered they've been in business since 1959 uh, and their o'fallon brewery uh includes their house amber beer named 1959 uh they've got lots of community involvement with fundraisers and reading programs which is great to see and you can order online through their app or website and also on Grubhub. If you're like me, you don't like talking to people on the phone, just go ahead and fire up the app and order that way. And you can get $5 off a large specialty pizza when you mention Locked On or use online code Locked On. And with that being said, let's get right back into the episode. We want to just jump right into this, Joey. You got some, yeah. you got some questions yeah. off the dome? We can uh, obviously jump into the big one right away. Uh, Blues recently just signed second round pick in 2018. Defenseman Scott Prinovich to an entry-level deal finally. Uh, Looks like it's going to be a two-year deal. We already mentioned it on uh, recent podcasts, the structure on that of whenever hockey comes back and whatnot. But uh, from a hockey side of things, Chris, what do you what do you see out of Prinovich and what you've been seeing out of his growth lately? Yeah, well, I mean, his his game has just continually risen exponentially you know since he got to college and and obviously had two two national championships at minnesota duluth and certainly a chance at a third uh this year if the season had not been cut short but you know he's he's kind of been one of those guys that just does a little bit of everything well um you know he's not a big not necessarily a big guy but an excellent skater um moves the puck extremely well uh very smart and and he's got a mean streak to him as well you know even though he's not you know a, a hulking defenseman he gets in there and gets physical he actually actually had a couple ejections this year which you know isn't necessarily a good thing but you know he never shies away from the contact and, and i think that that's you know a, a, a added value to to what he brings but in terms of his season this year i mean quite frankly he was one of the best players in college hockey this year um he he had over 40 you know, he had 40 points um which you know for for defensemen is is a pretty pretty solid benchmark uh for the guys that are the most offensive and we had you know, some have gone above and beyond, like a Kale McCarr last year, who had over 50 points. Um, but, but I think Perunovic, you know, if if you did just looked at his stat line, it doesn't tell the whole story about 
you know, how, how much he meant to uh, Minnesota Duluth. And we're talking about one of the best teams in the country, one of the deepest teams in the country. And they were so much better when he was on the ice because he control, he can control the game from back there. He's very cerebral moves the puck around. And, and I, I think if there is a season, um, you know, I think the pause kind of, it's interesting to see kind of how that will impact players like a Scott Perunovich who, you know, has had the long layoff and would have to come into a new team. But I, I fully expected him uh, to join the Blues uh, whenever his season ended um, and, and be a contributor. Uh, you know, I don't know that he necessarily would have contributed at, at the level that, say, a Kale McCarr did last year because I don't think that the Blues have that big of a need like the avalanche did uh, on defense, even though there are some holes there. Uh, so he's, he's a really good player. He's a guy that I think, you know, could be on the roster immediately. Um, you know, the fact that there was the, he, he was drafted, you know, a year after his first year of eligibility. So that kind of accelerates the timeline for trying to get him signed uh, because of his age and, and, and the, his opportunity to potentially become a free agent. And obviously the blues, uh, we're able to get him under contract and, and it's, it's really important for, you know, to, to, when you've won the Stanley cup, when you've had that success, right. You got to, you know, still have to try to maintain that level of prospect um, and, and to have a guy like him on an entry level deal uh, in the next couple of years here, or, you know, potentially this year and next year, um, that would be a, a, a huge benefit to the blues because I think he can, he can contribute to their, their NHL roster right away. Yeah, uh, I feel like um, you definitely touched on him joining the roster right away, and I feel like one thing with college players is is they kind of go under the radar with their NHL readiness. Uh, like we've seen it a lot of times, guys will join the guys will join teams and and jump right in and contribute to a playoff run. And I think that's a it's almost like you're signing a free agent in a sense rather than signing a, a, a draft pick, just because a lot of these guys are a lot more ready than the 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 casual fan might realize, just because uh, NCAA doesn't get as much love as it should in terms of uh, prospect uh, preparing. Yeah, you know what? That's a good point. And I think that, you know, that's one of the differences between college and junior. I think that the jump from college to NHL is not as large as from junior to the NHL. And I think a lot of, you know, player development people would say the same thing. There aren't many junior hockey players that sign late in the season. You know, they're already under contract. And then when their season ends, they can join the NHL team very rarely happens that a player from junior will do that. Whereas a, a player from the NCAA very often and has done that. I mean, Chris Kreider had an amazing playoffs yep. with the Rangers before he ever played a regular season game. Same with Kale McCarr last year. So those guys and part of it is because they're playing against older players. Most of the guys that are going to make that jump have been on teams that have already been through the postseason, So they're already ramped up to a level that is playoff hockey. Um, and so I think that that also helps. I mean, Kale McCarr played in the national championship game last year. Uh, they lose. He ends up going right to, to Colorado and, and jumps into it. So, I mean, you know, that, that heightened kind of adrenaline, I think, also helps those players kind of perform at a, at a higher level. But it's also because of the fact that they've, they've had strength training. They've had, you know, they, they play shorter schedules than junior hockey. But I think that even though they're shorter and they can be, they're not quite as grueling because all the games are typically on the weekends. They still have uh, that level of competition where they're playing older, stronger players, which just kind of better prepares them for the NHL and the ability to jump in right away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess. Uh, 
uh, one thing I, I'm honestly wondering about Scott Prudovich is um, when you look at him and you look at his game, uh, where do you see in terms of NHL comparables, guys that are already, you know, obviously making a name for themselves in the NHL? Who, what can Blues fans expect to see out of Scott Prudovich? Um, you know, I think he's I think he's a little similar to Tory Krug in terms of, you know, just the, the ability to defend well, to, you know, have good physical strength to make plays in space, um, good plays on the rush, you know, can kind of play on the power play as well. Um, that, that's probably, and, and Tory Krug was, you know, he was a college free, undrafted college free agent back in the day. So, you know, but, but he's really, he's really grown his game. I think that they're, they're kind of similar in that regard. Um, you know, and, and, and Perunovich as well, just, uh, you know, I think there are elements of, you know, bigger defenders too. I don't want to just make the comparison because they're then neither of them. I mean, Perunovich is bigger than Tori Krug is, but, but still it's, it's uh, you know, that he, he defends it at such a, such a quality level um, because of his footwork and because of his ability to get in front of guys. And, you know, and that's more reminiscent of, of, of some of the bigger, bigger defensemen uh, out there. But yeah, but I, I think that he's, he's been, you know, I think the Krug comparison is probably fairly close in terms of uh, skill set and ability. Um, and then just the, the, the two-way play that, that he can bring to the table is, is certainly uh, at a pretty high level. That's awesome you bring up the uh, Tory Krug comparison because on the show we've been uh, mentioning the, the possibility of Perinovich and Pareko as a pairing. And we <laughs> compared that to a Krug and uh, <laughs> Krug and Trot in Boston. So that's awesome yep. you said that. But I um, would enjoy it. <laughs> if, if you would point out any weaknesses in Perinovich's game, where, where do you think he can uh, strengthen up at? Well, I think every every prospect, even though he has pretty good physical strength, I mean, I think he's going to need to get stronger. I think he's going to need to tack some weight on to to deal with the grueling physical play of the NHL. I mean, I think he's 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 pretty solidly built at this point, and and is you know I don't have much concern about the board battles. I mean, his defensive game still needs. I, I think his offensive game is a bit more advanced than his defensive game. Um, but you know, I don't I don't think that any one thing st- stands out as like a glaring weakness for him. Um, you know, it's just his, his positioning is pretty solid. He's got good battle level. So he there's a lot of detail in his game, which I think is really you know particularly important to see. And yeah, I mean, and this is a guy that I've been watching since his draft year, his first draft year when he didn't get drafted. And honestly. I, I, he wasn't even on my radar. I, I saw him probably three or four times. And I was just like, I don't, you didn't know what he was going to be. And then he goes to Minnesota Duluth and was one of the best players in the country as a freshman. And then he's just gets better and better. And, and, you know, has that championship caliber. So I don't think there's a ton there that, that really concerns me about his game. I mean, I did mention that he had a couple of those uh, game misconducts and, you know, where he just made really bad hits. I mean, it was just, you know, they were, they were kind of inexcusable. I think one, one of them was a little softer of a, of an injection, but I was, I was the first game I went to this year, first college game I went to this year, he played one shift. <laughs> That's wow. all I saw. Yeah. So, so yeah. and then he was out of the game. Yeah. So I was like, oh. we'll get that straightened out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if, if anyone can. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like, it's certainly not like, I don't want to make him out to be some sort of goon. He certainly is not that. It just, 
he had a couple of bad hits this year. So it's just, you know, those, those smaller guys will try to do, you know, get any advantage, any edge that they right. can. Um, and so, yeah, but that's, I think that's kind of the, the, the byproduct of all that. Right. It sounds like he's got a fire in him. Like, uh, yeah. like Vince Dunn, Josh, it sounds Lovely. like he's got that same Lovely. fire. Oh my God. The video of Vince Dunn knocking a guy out in the, in the <laughs> AHL tunnel. Hey, we, love, we love more of that. Um, all right. I think we're going to, we'll we're going to take a short break real quick and then we'll get into some more prospect talk. All right, perfect. All right, what do you got next, Joey? Um, how about we go to uh, 2019 second-round pick Nikita Alexandrov? I know the Blues are high on him right now. He's having a good year. Uh, I think 54 points in 42 games before the layoff, and he even had eight points in seven games at World Juniors. What are you thinking about Alexandrov, Chris? Yeah, you know, I think I, I was really glad to see him at the World Juniors this year. Um, just to, you know, I also went to the, the QMJHL portion of the, the Canada-Russia series, and he really stood out there. I think that he makes a lot of plays. You know, he's got a good frame. Like, he's he's not... He's not necessarily tall, but he's solid. And he's he's a guy that, you know, can protect the puck very well, um, you know, makes plays in space. He can make defenders miss good hands that that regard. Um, you know, the vision is, is solid, you know, and he he's the kind of guy that can make players around him better. You know, I think that we saw that a bit at, at the World Juniors and, and he he just made some some key plays for that Russian team throughout the tournament. And you know, I, I thought still, I mean, I even though Canada won gold, I still think that, that Russian team pound for pound was the best team in that tournament. Um, and, and it was because of guys like Alexandrov stepping up and Alexander Hovanov, who also stepped up for them for a wild draft pick. I mean, so they had those guys that that necessarily mostly like some of the, the QMJHL guys, oddly enough, were, were some of the guys that ended up being their best players aside from some of the, the guys that had played KHL games. So uh, Alexandrov certainly in that discussion, I think, you know, what he's done this season um, uh, with Charlottetown and, you know, just continuing to build and every year he's gotten a little bit better. Um, and, and, you know, I think that for me, I was kind of on the fence about him last year and I was, uh, you know, kind of not real sure what to make of him. I didn't get as many, um, live viewings as I would have liked to, to see kind of what, you know, to get a better read on him. But I, I think, you know, for a guy that's drafted 62nd overall, you're getting a really nice return on investment right now in terms of where he projects to be. And, and, and a guy that, you know, the, the blues have, have had a pretty solid uh, ability to get guys into the AHL and take their, you know, take their game to the next level, you know, where we could talk about Clint Costin too, at some point, but he, you know, he, he's a guy that's kind of had to go along slower Alexandrov has been a little bit more uh, of kind of a skyrocketing because of the level that he plays at. And then also it just will prepare him to be a guy that could potentially jump into the AHL and, and be a, a solid you know, that being a, a solid contributor as a rookie. And so I think that his game is just, it's all about trending up. We want to see these guys trend up, obviously. And I think that for him, um, he is certainly trending in a really positive direction. And I thought that like the, the, the world juniors was a bit of a breakout for him to just show, Hey, I can hang with the elite players at my, in my age group. And that was something that, frankly, I wasn't sure that he was going to be in a role to do uh, with that team. But obviously, he he forced the hand of the coaching staff there, and and they really let their skill players uh, run. And and he certainly is one of those guys for them. 
Yeah, he's um he's definitely a guy that wasn't on a lot of uh, a lot of people's radar. He wasn't on my radar, uh, and then like you said, just completely shot up the rankings, which is mm-hmm. you know which is exactly the trajectory you want to see from a prospect. I feel like from a lot of guys like uh, the the Kairus and the Thomases we've watched come up in years past, they've always sort of been at the top of the top of the expectation board for Blues fans, and and you know obviously have have they've been great, but in terms of um, Coming out of nowhere, Alexandrov uh, started at the beginning of the year, sort of, you know, middle of the pack in terms of Blues prospects, and he just continued mm-hmm. to climb all year, which is the best trajectory you can have as a prospect, which is is something to be excited about. For sure, uh, Chris, do you see uh, do you see Alexandrov potentially playing center in the NHL, or do you think he'll transition over to the wing? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I I think I need to probably zero in on kind of more more aspects of his defensive game. Like, I don't think it's a necessarily a, a liability, but um, you know, I think at his size and at his uh, just kind of with his skill set, the fact that he you know he he can kind of pick teams apart. I think there's still there's still a good chance that he can. Um, you know, I think that. You know, the nice thing about having a center, it's a lot easier to turn a center into a wing than it is to turn a wing into a center. Right. Um, and, and, but, but yeah, but I, I think that for him, you know, it could very well, it could go either way. Um, it just kind of depends on team need down the stretch. But I think that his skill set is the type of guy where, where, you know, you could have a really solid middle six player, um, you know, if he kind of hits his peak. Um, and so he's, he's a guy that certainly could, uh, could slot in either way there. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, All right. Uh, yeah, I guess one one uh, I like you know this is the easiest question for fans to get a good perspective. Um, and I I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but again I'll ask you uh, in terms of NHL comparables, what can what can we expect to see out of Alexandrov? Mm, that's a good one. I'd have to think about that. I haven't really you know I haven't really zeroed in on that in terms of you know who uh, who I think he plays like. I'd have to. I'd have to think about it some more, but yeah, but he's, yeah, he's still, uh, yeah, still, he's still defining his game, which, um, yeah, yeah. I think to a certain extent, but I think, you know, I I think I saw him a lot more, you know, pure scale out of him this year than, than I thought that he had. So that's, that's that's the other thing. That's probably the best answer to that question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The NHL NHL comparable is Nikita Alexandrov, which (laughs) we hope so. Right. Yeah. So certainly the blues do. Yeah. But he's, 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 uh, he's, he's quite a player. There's no question. Awesome. Awesome. All right. What's next, Joey? (laughs) All right. Moving on. We got some, uh, two, uh, higher round picks here. We're going to start off with a 2018 seventh round pick defense with Tyler Tucker. He's got 56 points in 59 games right now, so he's he's starting to turn some heads. He is, yeah. You know, he he's a guy that I haven't I haven't actually seen him um, since uh, seen him live since last year. So I'm actually I'm going back. You guys caught me on a day where I'm going through a lot of OHL video uh, right now, and so you know I think that what we saw from him in terms of. Uh, you know, moving moving over to Flint this year, uh, going into a, a an organization that had, had really, I mean, they had not had a lot of success, and then they they unfortunately have had the season cut off when they finally had found their footing as an organization. You know, but I mean, he's got good size. You know, he moves pretty well. I think that there's, you know, that's quality. You know, he's he's you know. If you're looking at a guy seventh round draft pick, you, you have limited expectations. I have to also remember, you know, he's he's he he just turned 20, so he's an older player for junior hockey. You know, averaging over a point per game, pretty solid. You know, I, I don't necessarily, you know, want to say here this guy's a surefire NHL player. I think I'll, I'll have to, you know, 
do do some more digging on that as well. But I, I think that what he's shown is 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 continuous progression as well. Um, you know, having the opportunity to go into a team like Flint and, and have had a chance to you know potentially compete and contend after Barry has kind of had some of these down years where they haven't been as competitive uh, would have been very interesting to see. I think it would have been fun to see kind of what kind of players does he match up against in the playoffs. What kind of role do they see see him playing? But you know, I think he he was a, a quality guy for Barry when I saw him last year and that was kind of when their season was pretty much already done and and he was still competing um you know they had some some really good players there uh but yeah you know i think that just a guy that you just kind of let him go he'll be in the ahl you know give him time um but i mean to look at say you know for a guy that was a seventh round draft pick and you look at him now and you say, well, we're, we've got, we've got a little something more, you know, and, and right. I think he's got a shot, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and he's under contract too. So, you know, now you've got, you've got, you don't always know if you're going to sign that guy, you know, you, you don't always know if that's going to be somebody that, uh, especially when, you know, like that's why a lot of teams are starting to draft some players that are on the college path in those later rounds, because it gives them a longer period of time to judge it. Whereas if they draft them out of the OHL, you only have a set period of time before you have to sign them. Otherwise they go in as a re-entry and a lot of those re-entry guys, if they didn't get the contract the first time, it's very rare that they end up getting, you know, drafted the next time. So, so I think that clearly the blues have some value in him. Um, and, and he's, he's certainly made the most of, 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 you know, his junior hockey. And it'll be interesting to see. I think that he's a guy that, you know, the, the thing about some of these prospects is they're so hard to project out. And especially after they have these jumps in production and things like that, you want to, take it, take a beat and just say, okay, well, well, we like what we've seen so far. He's obviously worth a contract, but let's see how he does in the AHL before we really start zeroing in on, pro- on projections, progression, you know, those kinds of things. Cause I think that he's a kind of guy that, that you're going to learn a lot more about at the pro level than you would have at the junior level. Yeah. I think the one thing that really uh, surprised me was just his offensive numbers. I think coming out of the draft, he wasn't really projected to be that offensive defenseman. And he took a big leap this year. Uh, playing above point per game. Do you think that offensive game can translate to the NHL, or do you think he'll be more of a stay-at-home guy? Yeah, you know, I think he moves the puck well enough. I mean, I think the modern – he doesn't strike me as, you know, like the prototypical modern defenseman right now where he's going to be zipping up the ice. And, and, and but, I, but I do think, you know, his numbers were pretty good last year too. He had good goal numbers. You know, he had, had good uh, – um, you know, he, he, he can produce. I mean, it's certainly more that – you know, had he had he produced like he did last season in his draft year, you know, there's that, that guy's a lot higher of a draft pick. You know, because I think there was certainly some concern about his offensive upside. You know, he's not exactly, you know, in his draft season since he wasn't exactly lighted up or anything, and, and you know, he was a little bit off of my radar even. Uh, you know, not a guy that was kind of in the consideration for any of my lists that I was putting together. And so that, you know, to see kind of where he's gone and then having the chance to see him live last year. And then obviously on video this year, uh, you know, I think that he's, he's one of those guys that, that you just kind of, there's more there than when they drafted him. No question. And I'm sure, you know, you pat, you pat your OHL area scouts on the back and say, all right, we got that one worked out. So, um, cause we at least got him under contract. Cause I know that those could be kind of those nervous moments. Like, is he going to be a thing? And then he really popped off last year and has continued this year. So uh, long answer to a, to a relatively easy question, but yeah, I think that, 
I think it's at least reasonable to expect that he can, uh, um, you know, continue being a productive player, not necessarily an offensive defenseman, but a productive player uh, at the next level in the AHL. Yeah, I've I've watched him live actually the last two years for uh, the prospect camp in the summertime. So I've watched him probably six, seven times. Uh, Nothing crazy like a game like you've probably seen nothing, but he always seemed to stand out in in the in the group of players, and that's always that's always worth uh, noticing. So that's a good good sign. Tyler Tucker. Yeah, oh, sure. All right, I think uh, I think we're gonna take one more short break, and then we'll jump into the last last segment of this episode. All right, Joey, what else you got for us? Bring up. All right, let's hit let's hit the last one here. A little bit of a diamond in the rough, in my opinion, wasn't really on my personal radar until probably a month or two ago. But uh, twenty or twenty nineteen fifth round pick, Kia Washbrook. He's a center right now. He's got 52 points in 49 games. And what strikes me as intriguing is that he's only 18 right now still. So what do you got on that, Chris? Yeah, well, he was a guy that that I actually got several viewings in last year. You know, I was looking – I was watching Thomas Harley more when I was going to see Mississauga. And every time I watched watched Mississauga, Washkarak stood out. And it wasn't because he was overly skilled or that he was over – you know, like, but he, just how hard he played, how how well he closed on pucks, the defensive aspects of his game, um, the fact that he, you know, there was cer- certainly a work ethic to him, um, and and that was something that I really liked, and I thought, you know, and he he has you know some toughness to him, um, you know, he, he just kind of competes all over the ice. And so, you know, I knew that he wasn't necessarily a productive guy, but, you know, I like his skating. I thought that, you know, he, he, he plays hard. So I think that in terms of what you're getting out of a fifth round draft pick and, you know, making the decision whether or not you're going to sign him, I think he, he made a pretty significant case this year that he deserves can, you know, deserves a contract and deserves an opportunity uh, to, to, you know, be within their system. And I think that, you know, he plays a style that, that really fits the blues well, because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a kind of that heavier game despite not being a huge guy. And I think, you know, he just kind of plays more like a, like a bulldog style. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find my original uh, scouting report on him uh, as I, as I do this, because I I believe I had him in my top 100 for the, uh, for the 2019 draft. And, you know, obviously he won fifth round, uh, fifth round pick. Um, So, you know, it's like, I, I was, probably higher on him than, than most other people were at that point. Um, but you know, he was a guy that I think came on late in the season and then, you know, he, he was actually in that same game where I saw Tyler Tucker live last year and Mississauga was, uh, was really, you know, he, he just so dogged on the puck. So I think that that those, you need those types of players. And I think that teams, teams are always, you know, some teams are like, we want to draft star players in the, in the draft. And obviously when you get towards the fifth round, you're not going to get, you're typically not going to get star players. You're going to get lucky. Sometimes you might get a Jamie Ben, but, but more often than not, you're getting a guy that's going to play down your lineup. If he plays for you at all, I think that Washkarak has an opportunity to be a, a guy that plays in your NHL roster. And that's, and that, and to me, when I'm looking at guys that I'm even as we go to the third round, it's like, I'm not necessarily going to look for, like I obviously always want the best players, but when I'm looking at my rankings and the guys that kind of you find in that 80 to 100 range, it's like these are guys that I think have a chance to make it, 
and make an impact. And so like that's that's got guys like Washkarak. So yeah, I had him I had him ninety fourth um in in twenty nineteen. And it's just again, it's like it's all about the energy and work ethic. And you know, I thought that that he showed at least enough skill to say, hey, this kid deserves a chance and I'm certain that will you know, I I'd be very surprised if he's not part of Canada's camp for the World Juniors next year. Um, I think he's the kind of guy that they they would like kind of down in their lineup potentially. So he's a guy that certainly bears watching. Um, yeah, more. I mean, you describe all of those, uh, all of those positives, all of those uh, uh, upsides to his game, and that that perfectly fits what Blues hockey is right now. I think, uh, I think that's what won them the cup. And I think that's completely their style of play right now is, is yeah, they got their superstars, they got their goal scorers, but at the end of the day, they've got uh, up and down their lineup guys who can go out there and, like you said, close down close down on pucks, uh, you know, play anywhere in the lineup, uh, give 110%, go hard into the corners. So, I mean, it, when as soon as you describe them, I'm like, yep, that, that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, he, fits yeah. this, he fits this roster pretty well. So... Uh, real quick, Chris, uh, you mentioned Club Costin earlier. You got anything quick you want to add to him? Uh, we know he's he's having a little trouble transitioning in a way to the AHL as far as an offensive standpoint, but he he still looks to be, in my opinion, like he's on track. But what any, any thoughts, thoughts I, on uh, Costin? Yeah, I agree. I agree that he's on track. I think that you know when you enter the AHL at eighteen, it is so difficult to find your footing. It's a really difficult league to, uh, you know, to, to just get into. And I think what I found with him is it's been a more gradual, slower progression, but I also think that the rampage that haven't met, like aside from, you know, when Cairo was there, you know, like they haven't been able to get him with the highest end players. And I think that he's the kind of guy that would thrive in a situation where he's playing with other highly skilled players. Now we saw in the preseason last year, how well he performed when he was around NHL talent. And I think that that's you, but you don't necessarily just like, it, it was the same thing with Philip Zadina. Once he got to the NHL and was playing with NHL players, they were better. And I, and I think that that's, that's true of a lot of guys. It just, it's just the way it is. The NHL is so much better than the AHL, and sometimes being with those players help you. So the, thing that's, the things that still stand out, I mean, Kostin is still a bull of a human being. I mean, he's huge. He's strong. You know, like when you watch AHL games, you see guys, that guy looks like an NHLer, and this guy looks like an AHLer. Clip Kostin still looks like an NHLer to me, um, and, and obviously a guy that I think could play a substantial role. But I think it's also fair for the Blues to say, hey, we still – you still need to find a way to earn this roster spot. And, you know, and maybe this, maybe this organization at this particular time is not the best fit for him in terms of, you know, and maybe that's, but you certainly don't want to give up on a guy that you picked in the first round. And I don't think that they would be giving up on the guy, but it's just like, we don't have a spot for you right right now. So that's the other thing you have to consider. But I think that Clem Costin, as you said, I think he's on track. I like him. I, I think that he's he's a player that can make a, a positive impact in the NHL once he gets there, but but he does need to be he does need to have some skill around him to maximize his potential. And that's not necessarily the best thing for a top player. You want a top player to be able to do it whenever with whoever. Um, but I think he, he needs to be surrounded with some talent. I still think that's a, a positive because uh, I think a lot of Blues fans were, were really uh, down on him after 
after this most recent year. Uh, I think a lot of a lot of you know a lot of expectations for him heading into the season, and I think you know it's really easy to be reactionary and look at the numbers and and think, oh boy, he's he's screwed. You know, he's not gonna. And I I, th- I think it comes down to a lot of it is you look at the the lineup and there's not a spot for him right now, and I think that's I think that's tough, but. I mean, like you said, it's a slow progression, and I think like he's when he has played in the NHL, he has showed the ability to to hang with those guys. So uh, it's nice to know that the things might not be as dire as they they might have seemed. Yeah, and and also keep in mind that you know his his points per game you know has risen, and it's it, you know he's there 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 are signs of progression, and it's yeah. I think we want these first round draft picks always to be top of the line guys, but right. it, it just doesn't always work out that way. Right. Right. All right. Uh, Joe, you got anything else? I'm good. All right. Awesome. Well, Chris, thanks so much for joining us today uh, on this yes, uh, quor- quarantine, whatever this is, <laughs> losing track at this point. Um, yeah, thanks so much for joining us. It means a lot. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Thanks, thanks for having me on, and yeah, uh, yeah and all the best you wanna, uh, going you forward. Stay out safe. Your, uh, yeah, go you ahead. Shout out your Twitter and uh, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm available on Twitter uh, at Chris M Peters, uh, and then also uh, ESPN. Most of most of my prospect stuff is on ESPN Plus, uh, which is subscription based. But uh, we'll have uh, I'm I'm kind of taking the time now to look at a lot of video, and, and we're also doing um, a bunch of prospect content that'll come out a little bit later once we have a clearer picture of what's going to happen with the AHL uh, some end of season stuff as well uh, and then obviously final draft ranking so be sure to keep an eye out for that and uh, looking forward to getting that all out there and just I, I my eyeballs are going to fall out after watching all this video <laughs> I believe it maybe we can have, like, have you on after the draft or something in the summertime maybe talk some more more uh, new prospects coming into the organization yep so- sounds great guys thanks again for having uh, yeah, me yeah thank you thank you so yeah uh, as you heard go follow him on Twitter follow us on Twitter at Locked On Blues uh, Twitter and Instagram and stay inside wash your hands we'll get through this thing we're almost done hopefully the, the light is at the end of the tunnel we'll get there uh, hockey will be back before we know it but that being said for the time being uh, enjoy enjoy some prospect video maybe enjoy some prospect rankings on ESPN and as always let's go blues